Hey, everybody. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to series number four of how to build a fabulous relationship. And we've hit them all, and we're hitting probably one of the most important ones for all of us out there. But meet my guest. You've met her before, Stacey Danford. Hi, everybody. Hey, oh. Stacey. How are you today? Good. I'm so excited. I know. This is so fun. I, I mean, this is number four, and I'm kind of sad. I'm going to miss you. You'll come back. Right? Yes, I will. Oh, good. 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 <laughs> well, today we're talking about our relationships and fabulous relationships. Let's review the first one we did at the beginning of October was it, ourself. Ourself. Okay. How to love yourself, and you have to love yourself. And the number two was, was friends. Friends. Oh gosh, that's one of my favorite. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was telling that for was me. Mm-hmm. Number three was your significant other. Mm-hmm. Needed by all. And then today we're talking about family. 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 The big one. We saved the hard one for last. It is. It is. Really? You know, and I and we were talking before the show and I think with family, you you said the word boundaries, and I say that because there's a lot of family encompassed in this. There's exes, there's uh, stepchildren, there's your children, your family. It's so so hard. It's tough, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have your family of origin. And like in my family, like it's insane right now because my parents are divorced. I'm divorced twice with kids. So, you know, I have two exes that I share kids with. Then my parents are divorced. Then my husband's divorced. So he's got, you know, kids who, and and so it's just a misnomer and a lie by society and social media that you can have this wonderful family get together and everybody, it's too hard. It's too hard. And you will make yourself miserable, especially now that the holidays are coming. Just let that go. And it it will probably never happen again once your children are grown, unless, you know, you're married to the person you started with and that person's married to who they started with because everybody can't have you. And you'll drive your adult children insane with making them come see you. Then they go see their father and then they go see, you know, her parents. And it's too hard. And in our family, my grown son is married to a precious, beautiful, darling girl that I love so much. And I love her parents. And so I just made a rule that we'll have holidays whenever you want to have them. Wow. It can be the week before, the week after. It doesn't have to be on the day. And so many people get so upset and take it so defensively when their kid, their grown kids can't come home for Christmas or they can't come home for Thanksgiving or it's just a day. And if they come the week before, have Thanksgiving then. If they come the week after, have it then. I would rather see my children than have it on the day. That's just a day some Buddy put on the calendar and picked it out. It doesn't have to be that's when you celebrate. So it also has made it so nice for my son and my daughter-in-law who doesn't dread to come to see me because she's not splitting time with her mother. Her mother gets them on the day and then I get them whenever I get them, either the weekend before or the weekend after. And it has worked out wonderful. We love it. We still play all our crazy family games and all the stuff. And I will tell you this, that my husband and I made a deal because, you know, we have, he has a family and I have a family that we do not have a unified holiday. And I think people think they have to, and I think they have to, they feel like they have to blend all the families. And it's in my personal opinion, it was too hard. We tried that one year and I lost out on time with my kids because I was the go-between in the middle. I was trying to make them happy and not show too much attention over here and make sure everybody got along and make sure I cooked all the foods that everybody liked. Well, then when my son left, I was like, oh my gosh, I only got to talk to him like 15 minutes. Okay, make sure I understand. So you and Butch decided you will have a separate Thanksgiving with his his children. And then we have one with my kids. Because you have three children. Mm-hmm. Brady's young. He's 12. Right. Of 12. And then you had two older. 27 and 31. Okay. So Butch's children, how old? 26 and 20. Okay. So what you're saying is just to totally keep it separate. separate. And that it kind of breaks my heart, but then I get it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it really has worked better 
And I know that that may not be everybody's thing, but I think it just caused so much stress and anxiety that I didn't even like Christmas. Right. I didn't enjoy Thanksgiving. And because I was so busy trying to do all the stuff and make, I was the mediator in between. And my husband didn't get to enjoy his kids because he was trying to, you know, talk to my kids so they wouldn't feel left out. And it was just too hard. And so, you know, we, it's not that we don't want them together and that they don't get along. Everybody's cordial, but they were grown. They're grown kids who I think it's ridiculous for them to call each other stepchildren. I mean, step brother that you've only seen twice in your life. They don't call each other stepbrothers. That's just, that's, you know, my mom's family or whatever. <laughs> and it now Brady is different because Butch is, you know, raising Brady, mm-hmm. but Brent was 30 years old. Like he's, you know, it's just different. So we pick a day when my husband's kids can come and we do all the things and he gets to love having his kids there because he's not busy trying to entertain mine. And I get to love and adore every second my kids are there. And we do all my family traditions, which are not his family's traditions. And it just, it has been for me, personally, the most liberating thing I've ever done for myself. And I can tell you in my thirties, I would have never done it. And probably in my forties, I wouldn't have done it because the world teaches you that you have to do it socially correct. And that just wasn't working for our family. Wow. That makes such sense. And it has been, it's so much fun because my, in my family, we stay up all night and we play games and my son and his wife, they always bring tons of games and we play cards and we giggle and I buy ma- everybody matching pajamas and we right. wear them all and we do all the crazy stuff and I buy everybody a matching coffee mug and we get up in the morning and we do all the things. Well, his kids, that's not what they do. And it took the fun out of my tradition trying to make his kids enjoy my family's tradition. Wow. And it it was just, it was the most liberating, joyful thing I've ever done for myself. And I had to set a boundary. I want to enjoy my Christmas with my kids so that you can enjoy Christmas with your kids. And Butch was on board. Yeah. 1,000%. And we, neither one of us feel guilty that we like it better separate. Do you, um, I mean, do you, do you, does the kids, what do the kids think about? Oh, they, well, that most of it's crazy because they were grown anyway, and they really like it better. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Because they really don't, they don't know each other. They don't know each other. It's like spending time with somebody that's supposed to be kin to you. And you're like, I don't even really, I don't even know your middle name. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's just more and more what happens as people get remarried in, in their adulthood and they try to force families to like each other. And I can tell you personally, that happened to me, you know, cause my mom got remarried when I was grown, I was 20 years old or 19 and no, I was 20. And I had three stepbrothers and one of them I really like, and two of them I don't. And then when my brother passed away is when I really got adamant about they're ruining my Christmas because my mother was trying to make everybody fit in because my mother is sweet and kind and good and didn't want anybody to feel left out. And I, I no longer had a sibling. So I was just by myself. And I said, these are not my brothers. I do not want to spend Christmas with them. I want to spend Christmas with you and you are too busy entertaining everybody. I don't want that anymore. And so my one stepbrother that I really like and he's fun and and I, I like his wife and we have a good time, but I don't reset my schedule to meet theirs. And if it works great, we're all together. If it doesn't, that's also fine. Right. And I, I, I've told my mom, you can't get your feelings hurt about that. This is my Christmas also. And I want to be here with you. Right. So but Butch wants you to be with him and his children. Is that correct? Or yes. Does he want to be solo. No, we, we do. there may be that. Yeah. Right? And, and that can happen too. You've just got to set the boundaries that work for you and your family. Mm-hmm. And my kids love Butch and, you know, and he's, and especially my little son, you know, cause he's well, yeah. raising him, but my grown kids know that I'm happy and that I'm in a place in my life that I've learned the science of what happiness looks like. It's changed my life, but they know he takes care of me. He's kind to me. He loves me. They, they're seeing me 
receive love like I've never had before. And, and they love that. And I know my grown son, you know, who's 31 looks at it and like, wow, thank you that I don't have to worry about my mom anymore. And so my grown kids love being around Butch. So we have Christmas, you know, with my kids and Butch and he does our family's traditions with us. And then when we have holidays with his kids, I do their things with them. And so it's, it's turned out, it's so much fun. And, you know, we do things his way and we do things my way and we each get to enjoy our children. Right. You know, and as a, as the mom, I have tried this, you know, for years and years, Greg and I've been married nine years and, you know, I have tried to make things so perfect, you know, that's perfect for me. Right. It's not what his children Want. are seeing it's perfect. Right. No, no. And and it really puts all the stress on you and you don't even get to enjoy your own holiday. No, 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 no. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this what, what in, invaluable information here. <laughs> There's your sure. best tip of the day. There, okay, we're good to see you all today. So <laughs> we're, we're gone. We're done now. But it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, it's changed our life. It, it truly has. So, um, so Brady's dad. Yes. How does that work? I mean, so he and I have a great relationship. And explain Brady. Okay. He's, he's much younger. He's than much you. younger. So I have a 31 year old, a 27 year old, and then a 12 year old. He'll be 13 in a few weeks. And his dad and I, you know, we just have Brady together. My grown kids have a different dad. And so we work together really well also. And because I give up the day, I give that day to my ex-husband as well. So both of my kids can do the day with other people. And then I get the weekend before the weekend after, you know, whatever. So I get all three of my kids at one time. It is amazing. And I could either be stuck on, you know, you have to spend Christmas with me Mm -hmm. or I can do the weekend after and I get all three. Right. You've got to pick your poison because it's so, and people get so stuck in this day. And I cannot tell you how many clients get their feelings hurt because their kids don't spend the day with them. And they take it as disrespectful. They take it as they're being the second parent involved. And, and I, in many years of my life, I would go have lunch with my mom and dinner with my dad. And I, I spent my whole Christmas traveling. And so, I mean, it's just hard and you've got to let go of whatever the world tells you it's supposed to look like and build what it looks like for you and your family and your family. And your, yeah, yeah. Your family. Exactly. And right now my family is Butch, Brady and I, that's all that's in my house. And then I've got, you know, Brent and Deanna, now they're married and then Brooke and her boyfriend. And so we just find a day that works for all of us and we just make it happen. That is so great. Oh, I love that. I want that. It's been a miracle. It is. And we get to do all of our family traditions that my grown kids love and they're teaching Brady, you know, how to, how to do it the way we do it. And every year Brady, you'll say, I want our pajamas this year, you know, cause that my big kids know that. And we take our family picture and our pajamas and you know, what coffee mugs are we getting mom? And it, it's part of what we do, mm-hmm. but it wasn't part of what his kids did. And, exactly. and, and I, I shouldn't have to make them enjoy a coffee mug. They're like, what are we, why did you give me this? Like <laughs> polka dot pajamas. Yeah. Why do I have Pikachu pants? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So you, do you think if, what does it look like if you have grandchildren, you still think you're, you're holding your I am. I think I'm going to do it whenever my kids tell me I can. And I'm going to take what I'm given instead of being angry for what I don't have. Wow. Say that again. Take what time you are given instead of being angry for what you don't have. Because so many people spend their lives angry Mm -hmm. about what they didn't get. And all that does is teach your brain to keep rewiring. And so Christmas, that's why Christmas in the holiday season is the number one most stressful, depressing time of the year. And some people are like, well, how in the world can the holidays be depressing? It's because it brings back so many bad memories and bad wiring in your brain. And that word Christmas is instantly associated with wonderful or oh God, oh, here we go again. Here we go. And, and because so many families, it's such a stressful time, but they force themselves to make it happen. And it, it just doesn't have to, mm-hmm. well, who says like, you know, it, it's not your ticket to heaven. And did you do Christmas last year? Okay. You're out. It's that's not the way it works. 
Right. And in our family, we always watch The Four Christmases. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) And they flip the tube and we just, we die laughing, but that's a perfect example of how to trying to do four Christmases in one day because you've got, you know, separate families and it's miserable. It is. It's miserable. It is. It really is. And you know, traditions are traditions. And my mother is no longer alive, but she was really on the, it was that you were there Christmas morning, Mm -hmm. you better be there. I mean, there, there's no way around it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I have been, but, but I, I, you want to change because it's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And everybody's mad. Yeah. I'm stressed out and crying, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's that perfection thing. Yes. You know, when everything beautiful and if they don't open, if they open their gift and they're like, uh, uh. and they don't make the face you want, right. it, then you're miserable. And I'm thinking, wow, yeah. I just spent my whole Christmas mad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas and new year's and all of the holidays in between, even yeah. mother's day. And you know, that's my day. I don't really have to share it, but sometimes they can't come on that day. So we'll have Mother's Day on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be Sunday. Wow. That's the greatest advice, girl. And it, it has been, it's a game changer in my family and it's taken the pressure off my grown children because they don't argue with their sibling on, we have to go to my mom's house this year. We went to your house last year. You right. can have all the days. Mm-hmm. I'll take the other one. Wow. Mm-mm. You know, and then the kids, I'm thinking about college students going home for the holidays. Well, they're probably home now anyway, but going home for the holidays when they don't want to be around that environment. No, you know? and you make it miserable for them. Yes. And what you're teaching their brain is they're releasing bad chemicals. They're releasing cortisol because that's the stress chemical about coming home for Christmas and you want it to be fun and exciting. And one of the best tips you can do is build some kind of tradition for your family, whether it's crazy, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to bake cookies and do all the thing. I mean, if that's what you want to do, great. But in my house, we get weird pajamas and coffee mugs right. and, and it, we drink our coffee every Christmas morning on, you know, maybe the 28th when we have Christmas one year it was January 7th when we had Christmas. I mean, who cares? And we just enjoy our tradition. Right. And one time I remember we tried to make cookies, my daughter and I, because we thought that's what people, grown people do. You <laughs> that's know, what you good do. people make cookies on Christmas. <laughs> and I, it makes you happy. Yeah. And I suck at cooking anyway. And all the icing, I didn't know you have to let the cookie like cool off a little bit. <laughs> And we made these snowmen and we were trying to put this white icing on there and it would, and I was like, okay. You know? yes. And we put the chocolate chips for eyes that also mushed and it looked like he bled black all down the side. And we're Halloween. like, yeah, we're like, what in the world happened to our snow? I was like, no more girl. We're not doing this. And we have Mexican food on Thanksgiving yeah. every, every single year. Oh, wow. Yes. And I order enchiladas from my favorite Mexican food place sure. because Brent and Deanna have already had one holiday and they've, and we know we're having 10 more turkey and dressing. Right. Who says you have to eat that? Exactly. Well, I could eat Mexican food any day of the week. I could eat my weight and chips and hot sauce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, that's our thing. So we know we're having, they're like, are we having, we doing the hot sauce? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Random day, random food. I'm your girl. <laughs> so you have you have blended families, yes, and have had blend, two blend. sets of blended yes, families. Yes, two yeah. sets, and so it's not easy. Oh, it is the hardest part about getting remarried, hands Period. down. End of story. Yeah. And those of you listening that have not experienced it, pray that you do not have to experience it because it's very difficult. It's the most difficult thing, and if you do experience it. Let that crap go that Brady Bunch world does not exist. Alice is not in the middle of your no. circle taking care of you. <laughs> no. It does not exist. But we are socially conditioned to think that's what it's supposed to look like. And it doesn't. It doesn't look like that. And I personally don't think that you'll ever be able to feel the same way about a stepchild as you do your own, unless maybe you raised him as a baby. Right. But most people come into a stepchild situation and they're older and you, and it's not that you don't love them, but you miss the brain connections of bonding with a baby with this. Oh my gosh, you were so cute in diapers. Oh, remember when all you don't have that. So your brain wiring begins at the age that child is. Well, most of the time that's a teenager when people get remarried. So your wiring system is created from probably the worst timing in that child's life, but it creates a forever timing because you're 
your brain is wired for that little 14-year-old brat instead of that sweet little three-year-old boy. Well, the mother of that sweet little three-year-old boy always remembers the precious things, but the stepfather or mother or whatever only knows that 14-year-old that kept continuing to be a problem. Exactly. And it is a problem. It is a problem. It is a problem. And people don't say it and they pretend that it doesn't exist and it causes more heartache and probably more second marriage divorces is dealing with this blended family. And it's a real situation. It's a real brain situation, creates chemicals that cause problems. Right. And you know, it's not just one-sided. It's not just the mom and dad coming in to the family. The, the fam- it's the kids accepting the mom right. or the dad, the new parent that's just... And sometimes it doesn't ever happen. It doesn't. No. I mean, that's, that's very true. Yeah. And then thing. you've got blended, you know, their parents... And, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. It's an, and it's, you know, it's truly probably the norm now. Very few people do I know that are married to who they started with, whose parents are married to who they started with and don't have a blended family, Mm -hmm. but no one talks about it. Mm -mm. And it causes so much hurt and conflict and it makes people feel like a failure because they can't get it right. Well, let me tell you, sister, nobody's getting it right. Right. Make your own rules. It's the best thing you can ever do for your own family. Absolutely. Build your own rules for your family with your situation. And everybody's is different. Everyone's is different. Yeah. I mean, and no one's, and you can compare notes, of course, but, you know, I don't know how, you know, I don't know what the emotions and feelings are from my 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 stepchildren and then vice versa. And I had a therapist one time that I remember when I first got married, I was upset. I mean, it was, I had my feelings hurt or something yeah. happened. I had my therapist. She said, you need to move on. Yeah. You don't know where they've been. Right. Ex-wives, ex, you know, do you Let don't it know. Go. Let it go. You need to be the bigger person. I'm like, I don't know how, you know, right. and so learning and, you know, I think you and I've talked about self-help books and all these other things. I, yeah, I That's why they don't work. And they may work for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I promise you, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm writing my own book right now, but they work for that person. And that person is giving you the best advice they can for what worked for their brain. But no two brains are wired the same. That's why science changed my life. Neuroscience is universal. All of our brains are built with the exact same parts, unless you have, you know, a brain injury or something. But our brains are universal. Science is a common denominator. Everybody else's opinion is just their opinion. Just their opinion. And until you understand that, you know, and mature enough to get that, right? right? And we've talked about that on every series, every yeah. every series it's that we've done right personal. now. It's not personal. <laughs> so what do you say to... Um, my in-laws are deceased and I met them for, you know, I just had a, a small piece of their life and I, it makes me so sad to even think about it because they're such wonderful people. And, and, but what do you, and Greg absolutely adores my father. I mean, and vice versa. I mean, it's just such a, it is, I mean, it is, it, it's a real thing, but what do you say to the people that do not care for, um, a person's mom, let's say. And that happens all the time. And that's another one. You have to set your own boundaries. And I always tell people, be respectful, but know your energy. You're responsible for the energy you put out, but you're also responsible for the energy you allow in. And if someone hurts your feelings, if they hurt your pride, if they bother you and they just agitate you, you can always be respectful. I I truly believe that that's a choice you make say nothing and then remove yourself. You don't have to sit there and get angry. And and really people don't know how much choice they have with their own brain. And they just sit there and get mad and can't believe they said that, or they fight back or especially over politics and religion and all the things right now, COVID and everybody's got a different opinion on it. And none of us know. Well, I mean, we don't know. No. And you can't argue with people and get them to get on your side. And that's what I was talking about the debate last night. Once you become defensive, your brain is no longer thinking. No one's ever going to get on your side 
from their limbic system. And that's where all of our emotions are. That's when we get mad and frustrated. And, and how many times do you sit there and you're trying to prove your point and you're yelling, you know, and the Democrats this or the Republicans this, and you get so mad, you're no longer thinking because you have put them in the defensive position, which is protection. So all your brain is doing is trying to protect you and it won't think and protect you at the same time. People will never change their opinion when someone is yelling at them or being rude or disrespectful. Now, they may do something out of fear, but they will never do it out of respect. That is incredible. I mean, that is so true. And we and you were talking about the debate last night uh, with both of our you know, presidential candidates, yeah. which I don't care what, what where you are. Yeah, I don't care what side you're yeah. on. That was embarrassing. That was, the behavior, just from a psychological behavioral perspective. And I told you, I taught school for 25 years and I would have never allowed two of my children in my classroom to talk to one another the way they did. Because once, and I watched it because of neurolinguistics and I know there's 43 cranial muscles in, in your face that are tied to your brain and people's eyes dilate and their cheeks twitch and their mouth moves. And I was watching their defensive posture and I was listening to the intonations in their voice when they started like day. Mm-hmm. And once that you get to that point, it's over. It's over. You're no longer. And if you listen to the debate, they weren't even answering the questions because they weren't thinking, they weren't remembering the question. All they were remembering is I'm being attacked and I have to defend myself. Right. Same way with families. Once someone feels attacked, whether it's personally, financially, religious, political, once someone's attacked, they're no longer thinking. They are simply defending themselves. So let me ask you a question about myself, and I'm really putting myself out there right now. So sometimes, a lot of the time, when I get my feelings hurt, or if I, if if something is doesn't go my way, I'm trying to think this right. I'm very passive. Like I freeze their asses out. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? <laughs> not answering a text. Uh-huh. Not answering a phone call. I'm not. I'm. I'm so passive because I'm going to show you. You're passive aggressive. <laughs> right. Yeah. And how I have learned to not do that because my husband has labeled it the freezing out of Tiffy uh-huh. and the Tiffy freezing out and. It's not. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. P.S. I hate to burst your bubble. No, I want, no, I want everyone to learn from my, because, you know, my daughter will say, my stepdaughter will say to me, oh, here she goes. I'm, no, mm -mm. come on, come Uh over here. Get over here. Let's talk about this. And I'm like, no, it's not comfortable for me. So that's, is this common or I'm just weird? Oh, no. A lot of people that are passive aggressive. Yeah. And it's because we aren't taught how to express anger, how to express conflict. And we were talking about that before the show, that when a child sees a parent that never argues with, you know, with their mom or dad or whatever, and they just think everything is leave it to beaver. You're really doing your child a disservice and they don't know that how to deal with conflict. And the first one they have is explosive and it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to act angry. And there's a huge difference. And I remember the first time I learned that, that I was like, what do you mean you don't have to act sad? Well, I'm sad, Mm -hmm. but you can teach your brain how to feel angry, but not react in an angry way. And Dr. Paul Ekman has, is one of my favorite scientists in the world. And he teaches people the difference between responding and reacting and reacting is just an instinct. Like you're mad and people start yelling or there are people that are rage and they hit things or people that pout or whatever. And that's a reaction in the subconscious part of your brain that you've taught your brain over time. Oh, there's the trigger, that same pattern again. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. And I pout and pout and pout and I'm quiet and quiet until either I get my way or I get a present or I get an apology and then everything's wonderful. And then, okay. And I tell myself, I'm not going to do it again until I get triggered again. We all have them. We all have patterns. And if you can catch yourself, oh, but you got to recognize the pattern. Here I go again. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. But when we teach our families, especially our children, how to deal with conflict, that is the greatest gift you can ever give them. And most companies, what is the number one thing they look for? They want a problem solver. Mm-hmm. But we teach them, oh, there are no problems. 
Right. Well, baloney. That's wrong. There are problems every day, oh. all the time. Yeah. And so in our family with Brady, and I always apologize to my grown kids because I knew nothing about neuroscience when I had them. I always call them my practice kids. <laughs> and, you know, and I'll tell Brady, I said, okay, that does suck. Man, that's terrible, son. Let's think of three solutions. And I make him start thinking of what to do. Because when his favorite genes aren't clean or, you know, and he's 12. And so, he, you know, he panicked. Yeah. Oh, well, you never do my laundry. And I'm like, okay, we can't change the fact your jeans aren't clean and we need to leave in 12 minutes. So let's think of three solutions. Okay. A, you can wear them dirty. B, you can pick a different pair or C, we can go buy another pair just like that. So we'll have two pair in the rotation, you know, right. but, and originally when he was little, I would do his three things for him. And now I make him come up with them and he's really good now at 12 years old about coming up with solutions. And we've got to do the same thing with our families. Like, you know, especially with step siblings and, you know, all the things like, okay, that hurts my feelings. So, oh, wow. When you walk in and you don't give me a hug, that hurts my feelings every single time. So maybe when you get here, I'm going to keep on cooking and not meet you at the door because you're not going to hug me. That's not the way you do things. That way I won't get my feelings hurt. Everybody's good. Recognize your patterns and learn how to work with your own brain because their brain is not thinking like your brain. Not at all. Not and, ever. You know, what is the first, uh, what, the first step is uh, in, in, in yeah. admitting that I, and yeah, I, admitting I know. you have a problem. I yeah. know I have a huge problem mm -hmm. and, 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 and I am getting better. And I, people pleasing is a massive problem. And I can tell you for 40 plus years, I was a big time people pleaser and all I was like, Oh my gosh, they're mad. They're what? And I'm not anymore. You're not. No. And if you're mad at me, fine. If you're not fine. Mm -hmm. And I, if I, now if I did something to hurt someone's feelings, I always apologize for that. But if you're just mad because you thought I didn't like you or that you, I didn't yeah. speak or I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that you're upset about that, but I cannot be responsible for your feelings. Right. And I've gotten really good about setting clear boundaries with myself and others. Right. And it's funny how once you start doing that, other people don't mess with them. Mm -hmm. And at first they get angry and your family will be the most angry with you. And this is all backed by science as well, because you have a pattern and they have a pattern. And so most of us with our parents, like if your mother is, you know, very dominating and say, you know, you're a daughter and you have to follow what your mom says, or she gets mad, or she doesn't give you money anymore. Or she doesn't let you come over. Or she doesn't let you borrow the car, whatever. Then you have a pattern. She's got a pattern and mm -hmm. it works. It fits together like a puzzle. And if you take out a piece of the puzzle, it, it kind of falls apart. Well, and, and you start setting the boundaries and like, no mom, I'm going to go here tonight. I'll be there tomorrow and we can clean your closet or whatever. And they get so mad at you. Well, they're not necessarily mad at you. They're mad because the pattern's been broken. They just don't realize that's what they're angry with. But if you break it enough, it will build a new pattern mm -hmm. that's more healthy and more user-friendly for both parties. One person can't give up all their boundaries so the other person can keep theirs right? because that relationship will always crumble or it'll always be manipulative. Right. And if you want a healthy relationship, there has to be an equal set of boundaries. Isn't that something? And it's true. It's boundaries so true. is everything. everything. And, and just like a husband, wife, he can't get everything he wants at the expense of you getting nothing or you'll become bitter and resentful. That's what makes people have affairs and vice versa. She can't get everything she wants at the expense of him giving up everything he wants mm -hmm. because it'll be bitter and resentful. Mm. And you have to meet in the middle. You do have to meet. Mm. My brother's getting married into the most fabulous young woman. We just love her. And um, she has asked for our help on, you know, we have a smaller family. She has a very large family. And uh, she has asked our help. She has a group text message. And I'm trying so hard. God, forgive me. But I'm trying not to be my mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, Because I don't know about you. Because I, I, um, I miss my mother desperately. But... Sometimes I just find myself going, oh my gosh, you're your, Here I go again. your mother. And, and it, it wasn't a healthy pattern. You know what right. I mean? Like, 
and but I see myself. That's how I would I learn to be a woman. Yeah. I mean, and the the person I am. But I'm trying so hard with precious Aaron that I know will listen to this, and I'm just trying not to be my mom. But yeah. I'm trying to be my mom. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm trying well, to be my. And, and she's not here. And you don't even realize it. But that's why I say we teach without teaching. Your mom taught you things about how to react and how to respond without going. Hey, here's the lesson and how you act when you just learn those things. And that's the pattern your brain has. It's always a pattern. And if you can catch the pattern, you can break the pattern. Right. But if you don't know it's there, it'll follow it every single time. You know, I had a guest um, not too long ago and, and, and he came from a tumultuous background and he's done extremely well, extremely well. And we were talking about breaking the cycle, mm -hmm. breaking the cycle of, of your family and what you grew up doing. And, you know, and I asked him, I said, would you, are you, if you have a father, if you have a child someday, you choose to make a decision to have a child. I mean, what will you do? And he said, you know what? My dad gave me the greatest gift of how not to parent. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, that's so true. And I tell people all the time, I've learned something from every person I've ever met. And I either learned what I would like to do or what I would not like to do. And I try very hard. And my friends will tell you, I'm probably the least judgmental human being in the world. And I don't judge people on, is that good or bad? I just go, oh, that would not work for me. I see where that leads to problems and I, I will not do that because I and I don't judge the person. I see the problem and I'm like, ooh, that's a bad brain pattern. Right. I don't want that pattern. Not, that's not yeah. going to work for me. Right. Or my family. Yeah. And it's just, if people will stop taking things personal and just look at it from a person's perspective. And that's my favorite part about neuroscience. It's just a brain pattern. And it's not that person isn't good or bad. That's just the patterns they learned, the patterns they live with. And we don't know what anybody else has been through. And Robin Williams is my favorite example of wow and shock. I loved him. I loved Mork and Mindy as a kid. That was one of my favorite shows. And I used to, you know, nanu, nanu. I love that show. I'm just doing my age right now. We, we do this often. Oh, I loved that show. <laughs> it was Hee-Haw last yeah, week. Yeah, Hee-Haw last time. Um, but I, from the outside, he looked so fun and oh. happy and wonderful. I had no idea he suffered from severe depression. Mm. And I have never forgotten the lesson of that. We have no idea what someone else is going through. We don't know their family background. We don't know that maybe we triggered something in them unintentionally. Stop taking everything so personal. Mm. And when you recognize it's a brain pattern, you can change the pattern. And families have massive, you've got eight wheels of pattern rolling oh, at the gosh. same time. Absolutely. You know, and Stacy, right now where the world is, I mean, can people just be nice and just please understand yeah. each other and give everyone a little pat hold? One of my favorite shirts says, just be nice. Just be nice. And I don't, people can't. They're, they're so attached to their opinion that they think they are their opinion. And especially right now, politics is a perfect example. And they get so defensive the minute somebody's on the other side. Mm -hmm. And you are not your opinion. That's just a set of wires that your brain feels are the most productive for you. It doesn't mean that person is good or bad or whatever. They just, that's the wiring system they have that's built differently than your wiring system. And when we stop thinking, oh, well, you're not like me. You're, you know, I don't like you. Well, no, I'm not like you because you didn't live my life. You're not a country kid. You know, I haven't lived yours either. And when I was keenly aware of this, my daughter and I were in San Francisco. We went there, I think four years ago and I took her with me. I went to a conference and we had the best time, but I was in shock. And as you know, a Texas girl, you're automatically a little bit conservative anyway. And then I'm from a podunk country town and I got there and I saw things I've never seen in my life. And I was like, wow, the set of rules for Texas cannot fit San Francisco. And I mean, there were no yards. There were no, I mean, it was just constant, busy city, city. But we saw people that pulled their pants down in front of us and pooped on the sidewalk in front of us while looking at us. And I was like, what? What is happening right now? And Brooke was like, mom, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep mm -hmm. walking. And I was like, is this real life? We were at the Starbucks and we watched a lady shooting heroin in the little Starbucks patio area mm -mm. right there 
while we were in line. And she was like, mom, stop staring. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. Right. In, in the amount of homelessness and little homeless children sitting on the sidewalks with their parents, I had no, no clue. And it sounds terrible, but it's true. I had no idea that world existed. No, my brain has zero patterns for that. Right. I never, and it's not that I was being disrespectful to them. I just was in awe. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that life existed. Right. And that's why I think it's so important for us to meet people from other places and other, get your, let your brain build some wires. Right. And that's where families get so messed up and they think their set of wires is the only set. And you've got to, if you marry into this family, you know, we're, we're mm. like this and we don't do that. Well, right. this we does. <laughs> this is this we does. Right. I know. So, you know, we're talking about that when you, when we have the holidays right around the corner, your family, what we do have to be very careful about is, is the topics of conversation, yes. especially with an, with a new family or if, if your, your daughter-in-law, you, you don't know, you know, I do feel comfortable with you because I don't know where your po political party, I don't know where you, you go left or right. And I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I really don't, but, um, but I don't feel like I can not, not say anything right. or say, because majority, I do have a, a, a group of friends. I am so nervous. And there's a joke. There's a running joke. I start itching my hands and I did go to the dermatologist. She's like, there's nothing wrong with your hand, but there's something. And you might know I itch. I just start itching so uncontrollably when we talk about politics, because I know my husband has a strong opinion and these friends are like family. Mm -hmm. And I know they have a different opinion. And it's not the uh -huh. same one. And I just don't, won't go there. What are you saying to the families that there's somebody that's going to go, go there? there? Yeah. Do you and, know what I mean? And it happens all the time too in, in my family. And my stepdad is super, super way on one wing. Mm -hmm. And so he thinks anybody who's not that far tipping off the edge is, you know, a crazy. Right. And... I just let him think that way because again, I, I remember what I learned in science. Once someone gets defensive, you will never get them to the prefrontal cortex. You cannot yell at someone to change their mind. So I, again, go be respectful. It, you don't have to, just because someone's ranting and raving on whichever side they feel is the best, that's their opinion. Let them have it. But we get so attached to our opinion that we feel like we have to make them have the same opinion or we can't be in the same room. Yes, I can. I can still eat the same pizza. You can have wet slice and I can have this one. <laughs> and you're, you're, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But we are so attached to who we think we are and we think we are our opinions and we're not. We're not. We're not. It, religious views as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, heavens. Politics and religion, the biggest creators of defensiveness other than people talking about your children. That well, that's number one. Mama bears. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> then there's that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but think about that as a mom, every mom out there will know the minute somebody says something about your kid, like you, and you may have thought it, you may have thought you little brat. And then someone else says it about them. And you're like, don't you dare say that. Mm -hmm. That's the same feelings of defensiveness because it shuts down that part of your brain. And that's why it's called mama bear because we start protecting and that's what it does to your brain. You start protecting yourself and your people and you're no longer thinking. Not at all. Not at all. At all. You, it's not possible. No. Oh my gosh. So let me take you down a road that, that you are familiar with, but I have a couple of friends in my life, one that has lost a son to a heroin overdose, and she did tell our friend group that it was a blessing because she kept waiting for the phone call, yeah. you know, because he finally did it. I have another set of friends, a couple of girlfriends, that their children are going down the same path. What as a parent, how in the world do you deal with this? Uh, I mean, I mean, how do you deal with boundaries as a mother? And it's so, so, so uh, hard. And my brother died of a drug overdose and it was accidental, but it, you know, it doesn't make him any yeah. less dead. And it, it's just, it's so hard because as a mom, you always want to help your children but I can tell you the rule applies. If you've done something six times and it doesn't work, it's not going to work. And that's why rehab has such a terrible 
success rate. It doesn't work. And I know there are people out there that it did, but you are the exception and not the rule for sure. My dad that I told you was an alcoholic, locked himself in a hotel room and said, I'll either come out sober or I'll be dead. And wow. you know, that method's not great either, but it just happened to work for him. But as a whole, until you change your trigger, which is always part of the problem, you will follow the same cycle. And they did this crazy phenomenal research study on mice that they got them addicted to heroin and they put them in this little, you know, box and they put the heroin at the end as their little treat. Well, these mice were just massively addicted to heroin, but they kept them alone and segregated. Well, then when they removed the barriers and the mice got to mix in with all these other mice and they had toys and they had little games and they had little, you know, things to play with, the heroin was still there. They no longer went to get it. And Seriously. yes, it is fascinating, but that also helps people understand when you are isolated, you, we all are wired to be social. And I talked about that last time in that book, social by Dr. Lieberman, our brains are wired to be social. And when we don't feel our place in society fits socially, we look for ways to numb out because it hurts our brain. It hurts who we are that we don't fit. But just like those mice, when you have a place you fit, you automatically feel better because it's all about the chemicals. Your brain will start producing new chemicals when you feel you fit socially. And it is, it's crazy what, what the research shows about that. They did another study with it, um, about people who came back from Vietnam and they were addicted. Well, then when they got back to their life and they had responsibilities and things in a joyful life, they got over it. And the end, but the people that didn't and came out of Vietnam still addicted, who went back to a socially isolated, withdrawn life, they stayed addicted. Really? Fascinating. I've done a lot of research about addiction because my family is riddled with it. My, my brother was an addict. My dad was an addict. My granddad was an addict. I mean, it's long line in my family. And I wondered what made me keep from being mm -hmm. that. But now I can tell you, I'm definitely a shopaholic and I have learned that addiction is addiction in the brain. Right. You just pick your own vice. Some people are sex addicts, gambling, you know, whatever your thing is, but I know now to watch it. And I know there's always a trigger. And if you can learn what your triggers are, no matter what they are, you can stop the pattern. But if you don't know the pattern exists, you'll never be able to stop it. Yeah. And I've, I have talked to people about that. I mean, addiction is addiction. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's candy, food, whatever it sex. is. I know. And those parents who have children that are addicted and they Ugh. so badly want to help them. And that there's just, I don't know that anybody has discovered a great way to do it yet, but I would say that you cannot ever make somebody do something. If they don't want to do it themselves, it's not going to happen. And I would say the second thing is to look for patterns, look for the triggers. Is it the job that triggers them? Is it their wife that triggers them? What is it that is triggering these people? Remove the trigger and you can remove the problem. To spiral out mm -hmm. of control. And when I used to teach high school, I used to ask my kids, you know, why they would drink and drive. And I was like, y'all know that's stupid. You know, the statistics on that are so dangerous. And I said, why would you do that? And they said, we're afraid of getting in trouble. And the fear of their parents was greater than the fear of having a wreck and dying in an accident. Mm -mm. I was like, wow. Mm -mm. So fear it is, it plays a huge role. But I told the kids, you know, I said, y'all don't have to tell me who drinks and who doesn't, but think about why you do it because the why is the problem. Mm -hmm. And people just want to stop the drinking or stop the alcohol or stop the heroin. That's not the problem. And that's why it won't work. You've got to find out what the trigger is. Do you drink because you need liquid courage? Well, that's a self-esteem issue. So if you built up your self-esteem, you would no longer need liquid courage. Are you taking heroin to numb out because your life is too stressful? Figure out what's causing the stress. Remove those things. You'll remove the need. Why did I shop? Why did I put $10,000 on a credit card? Because I was feeling empty and it made me feel good when I went shopping. I could come home with 40 bags of stuff and I hadn't spent a penny. Because wow. I just put it yeah. on a credit card. Exactly. But now I know, oh, and I can feel myself. Oh, there you go again. You're getting that feeling. And I noticed when I was mad, I would shop. When I was sad, I would shop. When I was excited, I would shop. All of it. Because my brain would not know what to do with that feeling. 
And shopping always made me feel better. Wow. And now I catch it and I make myself wait till the next day. Right. And if I see something I want, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't live without those shoes. If I still want those shoes tomorrow, I'll go get them. But nine times out of 10, I don't because I know now that was a trigger and that wasn't really a desire. That is amazing. Gosh, watch your triggers. I know. Gosh. And, and I, and the, the, the moms and dads and family members that go through this with their children, oh, I just, it's horrible. I and, mean, yeah, yeah, I think, okay, I can make my daughter do anything. No, no you, you cannot. You cannot make your children do anything. You can't, No, but you can learn what triggers them. Mm-hmm. Learn, watch as a parent. Oh my gosh. My son always yells at me when we're late for school or my daughter always throws a fit you know, when she's going to a party. Oh, ask the right questions. Empowering questions will change you. Why do you get so upset when you're going to a party? Oh, then you find out she didn't feel like she fit in. She didn't have the clothes everybody else had. Oh, those are things you can fix, Mm -hmm. but we don't look in the right places for the problem. We just want to stop the behavior. And that's not where you stop the behavior. You know, you were talking about your high school. Was it high school? They were drinking and driving. Yes, your students, my high school kids, your former yeah. students. And, um, you know, I think this generation now, I, I see they just Uber yeah. everywhere. I mean, yeah. it is amazing. Thank you, children. Uber, yeah. And I always told uh, Kennedy and her dad as well, no questions. Call us. Call us. Call us. Call us. We'll talk about it yeah. later. You shouldn't have been doing that, but call us. Do not get in a car. But I mean, that's just as a parent. And oh. my son, when he, I used to, my rule was no drinking and driving. And I said, you can drink and be still, but don't drink and drive. <laughs> you know, and because I had so much alcoholism in my family and I've watched the damage it would do. And I wanted to be honest and let them talk to me about the reasons they wanted to do that and why that fit in and whatever. Well, my son, when he was 20, he was literally weeks before his 21st birthday and they were floating the river and they were all out there and he, you know, popped his beer and they called him up and he ended up getting the, I can't remember what it was, MIP or whatever it was. Well, and he called me and he was like, mama. And I always know when I get the (laughs) mama, something's wrong. And I said, you know what? I can't be mad at you. And I said, I have always told you don't drink and drive. And I didn't ever say don't drink and float. (laughs) And, you know, and I, and I, truthfully, if I would be honest with myself, I knew that's probably what they were going to do there. And I don't begrudge that. No. And I have an issue with all that anyway. If you can vote at 18, why can you not drink a beer? And if you can go fight for my country and die at 18, my God, give you a beer. Yeah. (laughs) Please. I mean, make it the same. I I truly believe they should be the same. But I, you know, he was like, mom, I can't believe you're not so mad at me. And I said, honey, I, I can't be mad at you. That was it. We can't fix it now. You will have to pay for your lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I made him pay for his own lawyer and he worked wow. all summer. I paid for it up front and then he fixed sure. it, you know. And so he learned there was a consequence to that, but it didn't have to create anger and resentment and all the things. And, you know, we still talk about that in our family that we just have got to go about learning in your family unit to talk about difficult things without getting defensive. Because it just, the kids will shut down, the parents will yell or vice versa. The kids will slam the door and the mom goes off and cries. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You've got to talk about it in a reasonable manner and do it when you're not angry. You know, and I'll tell Brady now, my my little one, like, I need some time. And I was like, you got to remove yourself from me right now before my head spins backwards. Yeah, (laughs) Leprechaun. (laughs) That's your word. And I'll be, you know, the exorcist is about to happen. And he'll come back and he'll knock on my door. And he said, is it enough time yet? No, go. (laughs) Go. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I know I won't say the right things. I'll say something I regret. I'll hurt his feelings. And I won't be, I won't set a good example. And it's okay to take time. It is. And we just... We think there's so many perfect rules about a perfect family. There is no perfect, perfect family. family. Oh it gosh. does not exist. It does not exist at all. And all of these things you're telling us. Now, let's let's approach it like this. So all of you going to have your holidays, dinners. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> and, and you may not have made the choice to do to, the to, separate. The separate. And if you haven't, 
and you are sitting at that dinner table, beautifully set. I mean, perfectly yes. set. Everybody, if there is a blow up, okay, I'm not going to be passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> but if there is a blow up, because you really can't, Uncle Charlie's going to be Uncle Charlie. Yeah. So how how do you just... What do you do? You, you ask him to leave. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I mean, and you, you know, if you've already got him in the in the room with you, there's not a lot <laughs> you can do right now. So I like pinch myself right here, and there's like a little nerve here right between your finger, finger and, and your hand. thumb, and I just start mashing, 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 and all it does is remind me, oh yeah, perception is everything, Stacy. Mm-hmm. Bring it in, girl. And I will tell you, this is the best method. It works every single time. It's the stop method. I was hoping you'd do this. Yes. Okay. So the stop method is fabulous. It works every time when you feel yourself getting angry because it will come, it will happen every time. So take the acronym STOP. And this is what to do when you're upset. So the S stands for say your name. And your brain knows your name better than any other name. And you have to say, stop, Stacy, stop. In the minute you do that, your brain's like, what? What? Wait, what? What, am I, what am I stopping? And it, all you need is that millisecond to pause that pattern. Remember, it's a pattern loop. And your brain starts going, what, whoa, what am I stopping? Say your own name and then say stop. Then the T stands for take a deep breath. Breathing is part of your autonomic nervous system. And that's where your emotions and all that will shoot shoot up into the limbic system. You got to get control of that system before you can get control of your thinking. So it's the three, three, three method. Deep breath in for three seconds. Breathe for three. Hold for three. And then out for three. And then when you get to the end of that breath, swallow. And that's two sets of autonomic nervous system responses. And what you're telling your lizard brain is, I've got this. You no longer have to protect me because remember, defensive causes protection. I no longer need protecting. I'm going to take over now. Okay. The O stands for make an observation. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it has to be that minute. So look around the room and find something to be, you know, grateful for, whether it's the beautiful place setting, you know, stop listening to uncle Charlie and look at that pretty Turkey, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) And then the P stands for pause and hold the observation for 10 to 30 seconds. And by the time you finish those four things, you have shut down the defensive system in your brain. Yeah. Pray to God, Uncle Charlie doesn't say another thing. Stupid thing. (laughs) Something else. If he does, start it over again. And I can tell you, I do this all the time. I use this method literally every single day. And my family knows now when I'm in Brady, mom's doing her breathing thing. And I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm like, "Mm, mom's doing breathing. Right. And he knows to let me get to the end before he says anything else because I've got to get myself back into my prefrontal cortex. Wow. I, I, my social media manager, Hillary, did this. She used, she listened to the podcast. Her computer blew up. That's her life. That is uh-huh. her career. And she used this Stacy Stop method. Uh-huh. Said my name, say my name. So yeah. Yeah. She said it worked. It works. It didn't time. fix a computer, but it No, <laughs> but it'll pause you long enough to make a good, like, what can right. I do now? Rationalize. What can I do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. She was like, I got to go buy a computer. I got to do it. Mm-hmm. No, no. That one you can borrow. Don't worry. Yeah. Everybody breathe. Calm down. Yeah. I know. Everybody breathe. And your mom used to tell you that. Just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Mom was right. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I think we have given people a lot of information to have fabulous relationships. Yes. I hope y'all I all have a wonderful have. relationship. Oh, I know. Just keep the relationships going. And don't be that person. Everybody yeah. be kind, right? Yes. Absolutely. It has been so fabulous having you. Thank and you so much. A new friend and a new person in my life. And you've helped me and so many of our community. And tell us how we can find you. Okay. You can find me at thegratefulbrain.com. And on my website, you can sign up for my free newsletter. It comes out every Thursday, Thankful Thursday, where I give brain tips and little tricks you can do. And I am the proponent of simple strategies. 
And I think that's the teacher in me. I want to give everybody things they can do. You can also sign up for my um, free Facebook group where I go in there live and I teach people little things about their brain. Or you can sign up for my online course, Chemical Soup, where I teach people about those chemicals in your brain and how to get more good ones and let go of the bad ones. Absolutely. And you're on Instagram. And I'm on Instagram at Stacy Danford, Stacy with an I. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. Did you learn anything from this one and all four series with Stacy? And please go and rate and review us on YouTube. We got to get up in that podcast world, that Apple world. And follow me on Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman. And everyone, have a fabulous day, fabulous relationship, and everyone keep being fabulous. Yeah.